Loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us the privilege of life. We give glory to you for all the good things that you do for us, for the lessons that we learn, for the security we enjoy, for the peace. We also thank you for providing the temporal things of life for us, the food and the air we breathe, the shelter, the clothing. We thank you, Lord, for these things, for we see them as tokens of your loving kindness towards us. Dear Father in heaven, please consecrate us to your service. We want to be faithful and loyal servants and children of the Lord. We have a work before us to bring glory to your name and we cannot do it on our own. Therefore, we ask for your help. We pray, Lord, that as we fellowship with you now, your spirit shall be granted graciously to all of us, that you may put your words in my mouth and give understanding to all your children that we may learn how it is that we may become more like our Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, October 19 It has to be personal. If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Matthew chapter 9 verse 21 It was a poor woman who spoke these words. A woman who for 12 years had suffered from a disease that made her life a burden. She had spent all her means upon physicians and remedies only to be pronounced incurable. But as she heard of the great healer, her hopes revived. Again and again, she had tried in vain to get near him. She had begun to despair when, in making his way through the multitude, he came near where she was. But amid the confusion, she could not speak to him nor catch more than a passing glimpse of his figure. As he was passing, she reached forward and succeeded in barely touching the border of his garment. But in that moment she knew that she was healed. In that one touch was concentrated the faith of her life, and instantly her pain and feebleness gave place to the vigor of perfect health. With a grateful heart, she then tried to withdraw from the crowd, but suddenly Jesus stopped. The Savior could distinguish the touch of faith from the casual contact of the careless throng. Such trust should not be passed without comment. Finding concealment vain, she came forward tremblingly and cast herself at his feet. With grateful tears, she told the story of her suffering and how she had found relief. Jesus gently said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace. He gave no opportunity for superstition to claim healing virtue for the mere act of touching his garments. It was not through the outward contact with him, but through the faith 
which took hold on his divine power that the cure was wrought. So in spiritual things. To talk of religion in a casual way, to pray without soul hunger and living faith avails nothing. A nominal faith in Christ which accepts him merely as the saviour of the world can never bring healing to the soul. It is not enough to believe about Christ, we must believe in him. The only faith that will benefit us is that which embraces him as a personal saviour which appropriates his merits to ourselves. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is, It Has to be Personal. In the story of the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, Jesus will once again want to impress on our hearts the need of faith in order to get results from him. This story shows an emotional account of a suffering woman who was inspired with faith in Jesus because of the things she had seen and heard of him and chose to exercise faith in him too. Before I read the account of this story, I want us to remember something. Every miracle and every story we read of people receiving healing from Jesus is supposed to inspire in us a confidence in God, a firm trust and faith in Him that He is not just the healer of physical diseases, but He will do just what He said He will do that he will heal us of our spiritual maladies and our diseases, which is sin. Remember, the book of Matthew 1 verse 21 does not describe Jesus as one who will deliver us from disease or deliver us from poverty. It says, his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall deliver his people, save his people from their sins. So to what purpose then? Is all the stories of healing, resurrecting people from the dead, making the lame to walk, the blind to see, the woman with the issue of blood, giving her healing. What is he trying to teach us? He is trying to inspire in us faith in himself that he will not only heal physical diseases, that is a secondary matter, but that the primary purpose for which he came will be accomplished in our lives. And what is that purpose? He will save his people from their sins, Matthew 1 verse 21. Then also 1 John chapter 3, reading from verse 8, tells us that he will save us from our sins, whosoever committed sins of the devil. And for this reason was our Lord Jesus made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is the reason he came to this earth, to destroy the works of the devil. And what is the work of the devil? Sin. Mark chapter 5 now, talking about the woman with the issue of blood, reading from verse 21 says, And when Jesus was passed over again by sheep unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, 
and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse when she had heard of jesus came in the press my came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said if i may touch but his clothes i shall be whole and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague amen you see the account of this woman teaches us a lesson which we all should quickly get i want us to quickly apply this to those who are struggling in sin for years this woman had tried many things there are many people today alcoholics tried aa alcoholic anonymous there are people who are struggling with adultery showing itself in various ways whether it is through addiction to pornography addiction to masturbation addiction to sexual intercourse itself people are struggling like this woman that sin of that you struggle with is just it just keeps flowing and you have tried various means you want to overcome but you're not having it you're not getting the results but god wants to inspire in us a confidence that if we come to him he can grant us the victory i want to read from desire of ages page 343 paragraph 4 and 5 it says on the way to the ruler's house jesus had met in the crowd a poor woman who for 12 years had suffered from a disease that made her life a burden she had spent all her means upon physicians and remedies only to be pronounced incurable going on paragraph 5 it says the golden opportunity had come she was in the presence of the great physician but amid the confusion she could not speak to him nor catch more than a passing glimpse of his figure fearful of losing her one chance of relief she pressed forward saying to herself if i may but touch his garment i shall be whole as he was passing she reached forward and succeeded in barely touching the border of his garment but in that moment she knew that she was healed in that one touch was concentrated the faith of her life and instantly her pain and feebleness gave place to the vigor of perfect health amen the woman who touched jesus and was relieved and was about to go away peacefully but jesus stopped with a strange question what was that question who touched me mark chapter 5 verse 30 and 31 says and jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him turned him about in the press and said who touched my clothes and his disciples said unto him thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me in desire of ages page 344 paragraph 2 it says the savior could distinguish the touch of faith from the casual touch of the careless throng such trust should not be passed without comment he would speak to the humble woman words of comfort that would be to her a wellspring of joy words that will be a blessing to his followers to the close of time end of quote mark 5 verse 32 to 34 says and he looked round about to see her that had done this thing but the woman fearing and trembling knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth and he said unto her daughter thy faith had made thee whole go in peace and be whole of thy plague amen so this woman 
was so joyous this day but you may be asking what are the lessons that we can learn from this story the first lesson we learn from here is a lesson of i'll go to thankfulness of course there's a lesson on faith but i want to touch on the lesson of thankfulness first of all you see jesus could have gone his way without making the woman to expose herself and share what had just happened jesus gave no opportunity like we read for the healing to be attributed to superstition when he spoke to the woman in mark 5 verse 34 he didn't say to her my garment has made thee whole because it wasn't the garment that she touched that made her whole that would have been encouraging superstition touching the garment of jesus would not give anybody any healing just as much as going on a pilgrimage to jerusalem and putting your legs where jesus walked will do nothing for you because those are superstitious things some people want to have the the relics of the past you want to have the skull of john the baptist you want to have the garment of jesus you want to go to his tomb you want to lie down in that tomb you want to touch that place where he lay and thinking that when you touch it you will get healing when you lie down in his tomb when you go to the so-called manger where he was dropped as a baby that you will get healing some people want to go to the so-called cross where he was nailed and then lie down there and they think that they get healing from these things but hear what jesus told the woman he said to her thy faith had made thee whole go in peace and behold of thy plague he didn't say the border of my garment has power and it has made thee whole it is not that it is her faith that made her whole and that's a lesson but the lesson of thankfulness is also important in desire of ages page 347 paragraph 2 downward it says after healing the woman jesus desired her to acknowledge the blessing she had received the gifts which the gospel offers are not to be secured by stealth or enjoyed in secret. So the Lord calls upon us for confession of his goodness. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Isaiah 43 verse 12 Our confession of his faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing Christ to the world. We are to acknowledge his grace as made known through the holy men of old. But that which will be most effectual is the testimony of our own experience. We are witnesses for God as we reveal in our lives, ourselves, the working of a power that is divine. Every individual has a life distinct from all others and an experience differing essentially from theirs. God desires that our praise shall ascend to him marked by our own individuality these precious acknowledgments to the praise of the glory of his grace when supported by a christ-like life have an irresistible power that works for the salvation of souls when the ten lepers came to jesus for healing he bade them go and show themselves to the priest on the way they were cleansed but only one of them returned to give him glory the others went their way, forgetting him who had made them whole. How many are still doing the same thing? 
the Lord works continually to benefit mankind. He is ever imparting his bounties. He raises up the sick from beds of languishing. He delivers men from peril which they do not see. He commissions heavenly angels to save them from calamity, to guard them from the pestilence that walketh in the darkness and the destruction that wasted at noonday. Psalm 91 verse 6 But their hearts are unimpressed. He has given all the riches of heaven to redeem them, and yet they are unmindful of his great love. By their ingratitude, they close their hearts against the grace of God. Like the heath in the desert, they know not when good cometh, and their souls inhabit the parched places of the wilderness. It is for our own benefit to keep every gift of God fresh in our memory. Thor's faith is strengthened to claim and to receive more and more. There is greater encouragement for us in the least blessing we ourselves receive from God than in all the accounts we can read of the faith and experience of others. The soul that responds to the grace of God shall be like a watered garden. His health shall spring forth speedily, his light shall rise in obscurity, and the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon him. Let us then remember the loving kindness of the Lord and the multitude of his tender mercies. Like the people of Israel, let us set up our stones of witness and inscribe upon them the precious story of what God has wrought for us. And as we review his dealings with us in our pilgrimage, let us out of hearts melted with gratitude declare, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people psalms 116 verse 12 to 14 end of quote the lord would want us to learn the lesson of confessing him telling our own personal experience giving glory to his name for the good things he has done for us and not what he has done for others not that to thank god for what he has done for others is bad no but he expects us to take note of the things he has done for us just as this woman was about to leave silently and other people would not know what the lord has done for her so many of us too go silently in our lives speaking nothing of god's goodness speaking nothing of his kindness are there things the lord has done for us i am 100 percent sure that he protects me from harm and danger I know very well that when I'm driving on the road or in the buses and there's someone driving, it is the Lord that keeps me from accidents. It is He who protects all of us. When people are crossing and you see this experience where they are just almost hit by the car, do you think it's their ingenuity that made them escape? It is the Lord that is doing it. And how about the food and the shelter and the clothing and the air we breathe, the water we drink? Who is giving these things to us? It is God. And many times God counterworks to bless us. He is the one that makes our efforts to bring fruit. He orders things in our lives in such a way that will be a benefit to us. All good things that happen to us come from the Lord. And the things that look as if they are not good, we are to understand that these things work for our blessing. We need to learn 
the lesson of thankfulness and do not go quietly in your life as though the Lord has done nothing to you. We must confess his faithfulness for the things he has done for us. We are to be witnesses to reveal what the Lord has done. We just read about the ten lepers, how that it was only one of them that came back to thank God. Many of us, just like the other nine, we like to focus on the things in life that are disagreeable, while the numerous millions of blessings that surround us, we take them for granted as though that is how things must be. Of course, I must be in good health, so there's no need to thank God for that. Of course, I should go out and come back safely. There's nothing to thank God for there. I only have to complain for that promotion I did not get. I only have to complain for the fact that someone insulted me on the road and forget that other people blessed me and other people were happy with me. I only have to complain for this thing or that thing that I don't have, for the husband or the wife that I didn't get, for the child that I don't have, for the school that I didn't go to or the one that I went to or the job I don't So many things we just want to complain, complain, complain. And this uh, complaining is the opposite of confessing Christ and giving thanks to him. Why should we complain as though the Lord hasn't done good things for us? We must learn how to be thankful that we may show the glory of God to others and don't go quietly away as if the Lord has not done things for us. The next lesson we learn in in this story of the touch of faith and having a personal contact with Jesus is actually what it means to have that touch of faith. This woman believed that a personal contact with Jesus will make her whole and she was right. This is the faith we must have because God has said that if we have contact with him, we will have results. But this touch is not a mere touch, it is the touch of faith. Desire of Ages, page 347, paragraph 1 tells us, The wandering crowd that pressed close about Jesus realized no ascension of vital power. But when the suffering woman put forth her hand to touch him, Believing that she would be made whole, she felt the healing virtue. So, in spiritual things, to talk of religion in a casual way, to pray without soul hunger and living faith avails nothing. A nominal faith in Christ which accepts him merely as the saviour of the world can never bring healing to the soul. The faith that is unto salvation is not a mere intellectual assent to the truth. He who waits for entire knowledge before he will exercise faith cannot receive blessing from God. It is not enough to believe about Christ. We must believe in him. The only faith that will benefit us is that which embraces him as a personal savior, which appropriates his his, his merits to ourselves. Many hold faith as an opinion. Saving faith is a transaction by which those who receive Christ join themselves in covenant relation with God. Genuine faith is life. A living faith means an increase of vigor, a confiding trust by which the soul becomes a conquering power. Amen. End of quote. Remember, at the beginning of this devotion, I referred us to the real reason why these miracles are recorded. The reason why these miracles, whether it's the ten lepers or Peter walking on water or him putting his net into the sea and getting enough fish that the boat wanted to sink or this woman 
with the issue of blood for 12 years or the resurrection of Jairus' daughter, all of these miracles are, are recorded to inspire in you who are listening to me now a faith in Jesus as one who can deliver you from the sin sickness that you have. Do you have that faith? Listen to these stories and be inspired with the confidence and trust in God that He is able to deliver you from your sins. That that thing which you struggle with, like this woman struggled with the issue of blood for 12 years, you can't get the victory if you but touch his garment. And what does this touch represent? Like we have read, the touch of faith represents to the con- represents a contact with Jesus made from a hungry soul and with a real desire to get results as opposed to the formal contact done as a drudgery or as a mere routine. There were two kinds of touches going on that day. There were those who were pressing close to Jesus. They were touching him, but they were not getting any virtue from him. But then there was that touch of the woman that was a touch of faith. These two things represent that, like I said now, the the contact made with Jesus that comes from a real genuine desire to get results and as opposed to the one that is just formal prayers and morning routines that we do, routines of services. The touch of faith is that prayer coming from a heart that means what it says. If you pray in the morning and later in the day, you have forgotten the request you made in your morning prayers and go through the day not meditating on that request that was made, watching on to prayer, then that prayer was probably a casual, thoughtless prayer that lacked the personal contact and the touch of faith. But as many prayers go up to God every day, He is able to distinguish the touch of faith from the touch or the prayers that goes forth from feigned lips that do not mean what they say, that do not actually mean to get things from Him. To this kind of prayer, that's the prayer that is like the touch of faith that means what it says, that desires the results, vital power will be imparted to do things God requires of us. Reading from Ministry of Healing, page 62, paragraph 1, we are told, To the curious crowd pressing about Jesus, there was imparted no vital power. But the suffering woman who touched him in faith received healing. So in spiritual things does the casual contact differ from the touch of faith. To believe in Christ merely as a savior of the world can never bring healing to the soul. The the faith that is unto salvation is not a mere assent to the truth of the gospel. True faith is that which receives Christ as a personal savior. God gave his only begotten son that I, by believing in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 When I come to Christ, according to his word, I am to believe that I receive his saving grace. The life that I now live, I am to live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 3 verse 20. Paragraph 3 and 4 now says, Faith is a mightier conqueror than death. If the sick can be led to fix their eyes in faith upon the mighty healer, we shall see wonderful results. It will bring life to the body and to the soul. In working for the victims of evil habits, instead of pointing them to the despair and ruin toward which they are hastening, turn their eyes away to Jesus, fix them upon the glories of the heavenly. 
this will do more for the saving of body and soul than will all the terrors of the grave when kept before the helpless and apparently hopeless. End of quote. So what does this mean? We are to speak faith and hope to those who are struggling in sin. They are to be pointed you. I may be the one struggling with sin. We all are struggling. So we are not to focus on the terrors of the grave. The parts of the scriptures that tells us the consequences of sin and how you are going to burn in hell and all of that. No. Rather, we are to speak hope and faith. We are to be pointed to the power in Jesus and not to the destruction and ruin which are we are hastening to because this will create in us more hopelessness. Are you struggling with evil habits? Look away from yourself and make a personal contact with Jesus. This is your only hope. The issue of blood and focusing on it is not the solution. If you focus on your sins, how terrible it is, that's not going to solve your problem. The solution is in a personal contact with Jesus. This contact is also made in a sincere study of God's word with a desire to know him and learn of him. We read, the faith that is unto salvation is not a mere intellectual assent to the truth. He who waits for entire knowledge before he will exercise faith cannot receive blessing from God. It is not enough to believe about Christ. We must believe in him. The only faith that will benefit us is that which embraces him as a personal savior, which appropriates his merits to ourselves. Amen. We must have faith and believe in Jesus as our personal savior and not just the savior of the world. He is my own savior who came to the world for me. He had me in mind when he was dying on the cross. It is a personal thing. Jesus is thinking of you personally. He's thinking of me personally. We must have that personal contact with him and believe that he is. And the Bible says that whosoever will have faith must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's what we're told in Hebrews 11 verse 6. Do you believe that Jesus is your personal savior? Have you made that personal contact with him? By having a desire towards him in studying his word and praying sincerely from the heart believing that when you fulfill the requirements of his word that is the transaction saving faith like we read is a transaction do what you are told and you will get what the promise has told you that you will get if you do what you are told then expect to be rewarded for what you have done that's what hebrews 11 verse 6 says without faith it is impossible to please god but he that cometh to god must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder reward that's the transaction of those that diligently seek him what does that mean that means you must believe that when you do what god has said you should do diligently follow it to the letter then you will get the results for example what are we told as to the confession of our sins and forgiveness that comes from it? We are told in the book of 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, 
if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So what is the transaction? The transaction is that you are to do something. What is that? Confess your sins. What are you to believe you will get by faith? He will forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Some people are pining away in their sins. They are still feeling remorse for sin that they have forgotten and they have stopped. Why? Because they lack faith to believe that they have been forgiven. It is left for us to believe God's word and take that transaction of faith, make that transaction of faith that I have confessed. And if I have confessed, I am to let my remorse go away because I believe that I have been forgiven. Why do I believe? Because God said so. Faith comes by hearing and I have heard his word that I will be forgiven. So why then should I continue feeling guilty and lying down in remorse and not rising up like the righteous man rises up seven times after he has sinned? I ought to believe in the word of God and rise up. Then also, I am to believe that if I follow the commandments of God as he has said and follow the things that he has said I should do in order not to sin, Jesus said, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. What should I do then? By faith, I am to watch. By faith, I am to pray, believing that when I do exactly what he said I should do, I will not fall into temptation. But is that all he has said? He has also said that we should be careful that if our right eye causes us to sin, cut it off. Cut your right hand. Cut your leg if they are causing you to sin. Have I done that? That alone will not save you. Your change of location, change of friends. It is a good thing to do, but in and of itself doesn't have a saving power. What has a saving power is the divine power from God that after you have done what he said you should do, you will get the results. We must make personal contact. Pray and do not forget your prayers. Remember your prayers and urge them upon God through the day. Like I said earlier, some pray in the morning and they forget everything they ask the Lord to do for them till night or even till the next day. That shows that that prayer was not a touch of faith. It was just a casual routine that you did in the morning. If you really meant what you asked for, if it was a touch of faith, after you rise from that prayer, you would abide in Christ. The Bible tells us in 1 John 3 verse 6, Whosoever abideth in him, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth had not seen him, neither known him. Abiding in Christ means that we do not just pray that morning prayer and go our way. Abiding in Christ means that we pray without ceasing. That we constantly remind God of what we have asked because we really desire it. And when you constantly ask him, Lord, please help me that I may be this or that, that I may not fall into this sin or that sin. Through the day as you are going, when the temptation comes, you will still pray again at that moment. And even before it, you'll be asking the Lord, please help me in everything I'm doing. Help me to do this. Help me to do that. That now is a touch of faith. It is a personal contact you are making because you are not making just a casual prayer. You really mean what you are saying. But we must have Jesus as our personal savior because he is indeed a personal savior. We must remember that he wants us to know that he has us in mind. You who are listening, he knows you by name and he wants you to understand that he has a personal relationship with you. Reading from Steps to Christ, page 100, paragraph 1, we are told, Keep your wants, your joys, your sorrows, your cares and your fears before God. You cannot burden him. You cannot weary him. He who numbers the hairs of your head is not indifferent to the wants of his children. 
The Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. James 5 verse 11. His heart of love is touched by our sorrows and even by our utterances of them. Take to him everything that perplexes the mind. Nothing is too great for him to bear, for he holds up walls. He rules over all the affairs of the universe. Nothing that in any way concerns our peace is too small for him to notice. There is no chapter in our experience too dark for him to read. There is no perplexity too difficult for him to unravel. No calamity can befall the least of his children. No anxiety harass the soul. No joy cheer. No sincere prayer escape the lips of which our Heavenly Father is unobservant, or in which he takes no immediate interest. He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. Psalms 147 verse 3. The relations between God and each soul are as distinct and full as though there were not another soul upon the earth to share his watch care, not another soul for whom he gave his beloved son. End of quote. Amen. This is the reason we are to have a personal contact with Jesus. I cannot say it any better than it has been said, but I can say that I have some understanding of the benefits of a personal contact with Jesus. Reading from Ted Selected Messages, page 145, paragraph 1 to 3, we are told, said the angel, Have faith in God. I saw some tried too hard to believe. Faith is so simple. You look above it. Satan tried to deceive some of the honest children and had got them looking to self to find worthiness there. I saw they must look away from self to the worthiness of Jesus and throw themselves just as dependent and unworthy as they are upon his mercy and draw by faith strength and nourishment from him. Depend solely on the merits of Jesus. Every member of the family should bear in mind that all have just as much as they can do to resist our wily foe, and with earnest prayers and unyielding faith, each must rely upon the merits of the blood of Christ and claim his saving strength. And the final quote I read says, The powers of darkness gather about the soul and shut Jesus from our sight, and at times we can only wait in sorrow and amazement until the cloud passes over. These seasons are sometimes terrible. Hope seems to fail and despair seizes upon us. In these dreadful hours, we must learn to trust, to depend solely upon the merits of the atonement and in all our helpless unworthiness, cast ourselves upon the merits of the crucified and risen Savior. We shall never perish while we do this. Never. End of quote. Amen. Look away from self, we are told. Are you struggling with any sin? Stop looking to yourself and how bad you are. Look to Jesus and by beholding him you shall become changed. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you dear Lord for the lessons that you have taught us today. Thank you Lord that you had us in mind when you were on the cross. Thank you Lord that you love us personally and your relation with us is personal. I pray that you will help us to take advantage of this personal contact, that we may get the victory over our own besetments which we have struggled with for years, and that by your grace we shall become more like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen.
Just reach out. 